The reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, And all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord.
The second reading is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 22 to 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labour pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this morning uh, we're going to talk about hospitality in the kingdom of God. And... Sorry, this thing decided to sign out just before I (laughs) decided to step up. It's always the way, and I can't remember any passwords these days. So here we go. Uh, What do you do uh, to prepare for guests at your house? I wonder if it's it's mad rush like our house because we remember guests are coming and it's last minute and we've got to clean up everything. Uh, Maybe your house is generally pretty clean to begin with. And so you just go over some of the surfaces and you, you, you dust some of the things. And maybe for you, if you're having guests over, you set the table just right. Uh, because we're people of our era, you, you call up your guests and you check if there's any dietary requirements that you need to cater for. And you go down to the shops and, and you, you find food and you try and find something that you think that they'll like. I usually find something that I like, hoping that other people like what I like. Uh, and most of the time works out. And you prepare your, your place for your guests. And then often if, if it happens like us, you, if you're a guest, you feel obligated to say, can we bring something? And you, you call up the person and they say, no, don't bring anything. Because you have a vision for what your hospitality is going to look like. Uh, but people want to be hospitable to each other and so we we love to bless our guests and so when we have people over we prepare our house. Uh, Hospitality is about being friendly and generous and it's about receiving uh, an entertainment of guests, visitors and strangers, a, a quick definition. So I wonder, this is an interactive question, for us as Christians Maybe talk to the person next to you, uh, and then you can shout out, who should we be considering as a priority for our hospitality? Who should we be considering as a priority? Anyone want to shout out an answer that they have? Strangers. Strangers. Strangers sign up to Phil's house. Uh, those in need on the street? 
Family and friends? Yes? Okay. Uh, So I want to flip a few things for you in terms of as you consider hospitality because Jesus flips a few things in terms of hospitality. Uh, We had a reading from Mark chapter 6 this morning and so Jesus uh, sends out the disciples and he sends them out and what does he do? He says, don't take anything, literally nothing, don't even take a spare cloak. Go and find houses, go to the houses and if they receive you, and offer hospitality to you, go, eat, drink, bless them, bring the kingdom of God to them. Then, if they don't receive you, brush the dust off your feet and keep moving. So Jesus flips it in terms of, uh, we're like, oh, who can I be hospitable to? But Jesus says, particularly as we're seeking to grow the kingdom, who is offering hospitality to you? Now, you'll find often with people that, that don't have so much, like the, the poor on the street, they often want to offer hospitality to, to other people. And there's a sense of they're welcoming their people of peace. Could you just turn my microphone down a little bit? It's ringing. So it's called Head One. There we go. As you can see, oh, not down too much. I've almost disappeared. I, yep, yep. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me. Find, find the balance so it doesn't ring in people's ears. Uh, so Jesus asks us to consider who wants to offer hospitality to us, not just who we can offer hospitality to. Because why is that? The hospitality that we have as Christians, our, the primary responsibility, our priority in terms of hospitality is the Holy Spirit in us. See, Jesus, uh, it's what it says of us in Scripture in 1 Corinthians Six. It says, says of us, uh, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. So the Holy Spirit is in us. I, w- I wonder if you've ever thought of that, that the Holy Spirit is God in you, someone, a person, as Phil says, that you need to offer hospitality to. Uh, the Holy Spirit in us is God is described as the person of the Holy Spirit, is not just the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Father or the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is God. How do we know that? Well, in Scripture we see that the Spirit has emotions, can be grieved. The Spirit has a will, instructs people to follow it. Uh, The Spirit is real. So it's not just the Holy Spirit, it's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. What's the Holy Spirit's role uh, to us? The, the Holy Spirit has a, a role uh, that he fulfills. He pours God's love into our hearts. Uh, that's, if you want to know God's love, you want more of the Holy Spirit in your heart. He teaches us. Jesus says, I'm going to send you another counselor, an advocate, who's going to teach you and lead you into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8 The Holy Spirit affirms that we are sons and daughters of God. Uh, The Holy Spirit, as we heard in Romans 8, helps us to pray. When you don't have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit is the one that can lead you in those prayers and intercede even for you for those prayers. The Holy Spirit distributes spiritual gifts so that some will have some gifts and others will have other gifts according to the grace given to us. The Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says, who can know the mind of God other than 
God. And so the Spirit of God reveals to us the mind of God. So how can we know God's thoughts? How can we understand revelation? It's by the Spirit of God in us. You need the Spirit of God in you in order to be able to understand the revelation of God because as it says, what we believe is foolishness to those who do not believe. But the Spirit reveals that to us. The Spirit produces fruit in us. Say you're needing more patience You can say, I need to be more patient. I need to be more patient. And that doesn't work. But the Holy Spirit gives us fruit. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, love is given to us as a gift. Where does that come from? His Spirit in us. So say you want to grow in patience or kindness or goodness, you need more of Him coming through you and less of the old you coming through you. Uh, So we need... His Holy Spirit in us. Here's a few titles of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to talk in detail. Let me just list list them off. Uh, The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. Genesis 1. The Spirit is mentioned in Genesis 1. The Old Testament, the Spirit uh, cameos at different points. And so the Spirit of glory, 1 Peter 4. Uh, The Spirit of the Lord. uh, So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being on him in uh, Luke when he's baptized, uh, but he's quoting from Isaiah 61. Uh, So the servant, the Spirit of the Lord is on his servant. Uh, The Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, the power of the highest, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of might, the eternal Spirit. Some people think, oh, well, was... The Spirit something created. No, Hebrews 9 says he is the Spirit since who's been around since the beginning. And so when Phil talked about the Trinity as something that's slightly confusing, it's also the, the best news that the God who created us wasn't lonely and created people. He was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and invited us into something that was already good. The Spirit was eternal, is eternal. The Spirit of truth, He is. The Spirit of grace, the spirit of judgment, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of revelation. Uh, if you want a list of those verses, you're welcome to look them up in your own time. But the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit a lot because Holy Spirit is significant to the church. We saw in that video at the start that the church was birthed at Pentecost through the coming of the Spirit. How does that happen? Well, God's people were birthed out of Egypt. How? So they went through Passover. They went through the sea. uh, They came and the law came to them at Mount Sinai. That was 50 days after the Passover. Now, Pentecost comes some 50 days after. For them, the law was written on tablets of stone. For us, the law is written on human hearts by God's Spirit. No longer do you need laws written on stone tablets, but God's Spirit will lead you into all truth. So the Spirit comes, and so that's what we celebrate at Pentecost, that we suddenly have a new shape given to us, not by laws written on tablets, but by the Spirit of God who is in us. Uh, The Spirit of God is eternal, is our helper, Uh, intercedes uh, for us, Uh, Romans uh, 8, uh, speaks to us, guides us uh, when we need instruction as to to where to go, like the man from Macedonia, 
that the Spirit speaks the will of God, uh, makes us holy. So the Holy Spirit makes us holy. The Holy Spirit in us makes us more like God. The Holy Spirit has all knowledge, has the knowledge of the Father. That's that same passage from 1 Corinthians, that who knows the mind of God other than the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit in us is God. I wonder if you've thought about that. The, the one that is your priority for hospitality is God living in you. Yet the Holy Spirit in us can be lied to uh, in Acts. We have Ananias and Sapphira. He's lied to. He, he knows he's lied to the Holy Spirit. But Ananias and Sapphira asked by Peter, why did you lie? <laughs> why did you lie to the Spirit? He can be grieved. Uh, we're instructed to, to value prophecy and to, to not judge it. That is God speaking through people. Uh, to, to not uh, be judgmental towards it. So he can be grieved. He can be quenched. So the work of the Spirit can be shut down by people who do not embrace the work of the Spirit. Jesus enters his hometown and there's no faith there for him to work. And so he doesn't do many miracles apart from just, you know, healing a few people. But the Holy Spirit can be resisted, uh, can be blasphemed, and the Holy Spirit is in us. And our priority as Christians is a hospitality to the Holy Spirit in us. You are a temple of the living God. I wonder if you've thought about that, what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to be in you. What it looks like for you to be hospitable to the Holy Spirit. I've heard someone say, uh, well, when you see the Holy Spirit come upon Jesus, he comes as a dove. And so imagine that dove was resting on your shoulder and you wanted that dove to stay on your, your, your shoulder. Doves are flighty. <laughs> a sudden movement they might let you get near and they'll dash away. So if the dove's on your shoulder, you'll be, you'll be walking along really carefully. Most people will sort of have their neck kind of, and you'll be just careful that every movement that you make, every word that you say is sensitive to who is with you. God's with us. God lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And our primary hospitality is to him. So we live in the light of this. But the Holy Spirit just isn't just in us. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. So the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Came as a, as a dove. The Holy Spirit comes on the disciples in Acts 2. And again on more disciples as they come to faith. Uh, Peter speaks and the Holy Spirit falls on all uh, those who hear him in a similar way to Acts 2. Uh, even handkerchiefs that touched Paul as he was doing his ministry in these chapters of Acts were used to be carried off to other people and then touched on them. They received the handkerchief and they were healed. There's something that we don't fully wrap our minds around in that. Uh, there's the 70 leaders. Uh, so the Holy Spirit didn't just come upon people in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament. So the, the leaders appointed were prophesying after the Holy Spirit came on them. And so Joel 2, we, we see that as the Spirit is poured out, uh, those who receive it will dream dreams and see visions and prophesy. 
That's what happens when the Spirit comes upon people. And so the leaders were prophesying. And what's interesting about, you can go and look up Numbers 11, uh, 16 to 30, and you, you see that the, the people who were there and the Spirit came on started prophesying. But those who were one of the 70 leaders and, and weren't even there, they were off prophesying as well because the Spirit came upon them. And so the Spirit's not limited by time and space in the way that we are limited by time and space. And so it can be in all of us and on all of us, no matter whether we're in the same location or we're in different locations, but the Holy Spirit does have a priority on being with us. As we gather, the Holy Spirit comes among us. Whether where two or three are gathered, Jesus is with us, uh, the Holy Spirit is with us, the Father is with us, but the Spirit particularly manifests himself among us as the word is preached in communion in such ways that believers can sense in 1 Corinthians 14, Uh, Paul's talking about prophecy and and using it well. And he says, if you prophesy and and speak in a language that people can understand, unbelievers will come among you and they will hear the secrets of God revealed and they will be astounded and they will say, God is really among you. And so there should be this sense as we gather as God's people. It's not just that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. We as people are a temple of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians says, uh, we are a temple in which God chooses to dwell. As we collectively be the people of God together, God chooses to make his presence known to us among us. So I wonder if you've ever, uh, I know Peter's pointed out a few times, he's, he's felt a sense of warmth or, or something as he's been leading in singing. That's something we can experience God through times of singing. We can experience God through times of prayer as you lay hands and pray for someone or you pray for someone from a distance. You, you, you don't need to be in person, but they can experience the Holy Spirit working in them. The Holy Spirit is living and active and, and you might feel it. You might feel a sense of warmth. You might feel maybe tingles in, in your body. You might just feel a, a sense of peace as the Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. But the Holy Spirit's with us. The Holy Spirit's with us and sometimes it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. Most churches like a sense of order, but in Acts 2, we, we just heard the disciples seemed drunk. What, what is this new wine that they have been drinking? I find it interesting that Baldwin's the, the home of the vine. Um, Maybe there's something symbolic in that, but the disciples seem drunk. I wonder if you would feel comfortable if I suddenly was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and seemed drunk. You might smell my breath and you would find out that I wasn't drunk, but I wonder if we're comfortable with the Holy Spirit coming with us in power. In 2 Chronicles uh, 5.14, the, the priests couldn't even stand to minister under the power of God. I don't know if you've ever felt like you couldn't stand up, but the Holy Spirit with us can do that. Uh, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit, it says. And the disciples in Acts experienced the same thing, being full of joy through the Holy Spirit. As God speaks through me, I'm aware of God's Spirit speaking through me. As God speaks to you, there'll be an awareness of God's Spirit speaking to you. And our primary hospitality is not just as individuals to be a host to the Holy Spirit, but collectively how can we be a good host to the holy spirit together and uh, the people that lead up the front 
and the, our worship team seek to host the Holy Spirit with us. And it's that as we gather, God wants to move among us and work in us. Remind us that we're children of God. Pour his love into us. Fill us up with joy. The Holy Spirit with us is good news for us because the Holy Spirit's job is to bring unity, eliminate division, join and knit us together in love, commission us for ministry that we are empowered in here to go out there and bring the kingdom of God. He empowers us to to witness and to be bold where we wouldn't usually consider that we are bold people because the Spirit with us empowers us to be the church and without the church, without the Spirit, the, the church can't be. See, God in us is great news for us. God on us empowers us and is maybe at times scary news because it calls us to step out of our comfort zone, but he's with us as we gather. And so the question for us to really wrestle with is what does it look like for, for us to be a good host to the Holy Spirit? How can we be a good host to the Holy Spirit? One of the ways we're, we're a good host to the Holy Spirit is, is our gifts. But I wonder if you've thought about as you relate to people, as you serve, uh, as you do your work, that you're a host to the Holy Spirit. That you come here on a Sunday uh, to be encouraged, to be filled up, to be ministered to by the Spirit so you can go out. Next week we're going to talk more about how we use that hospitality. But how can we be a good host to the Holy Spirit before we even step out and do something with that? It's keeping short accounts with the Lord that, that we're thinking about what goes into our body? I, I, I wonder, if you, you think about what you give your guests when you invite them over for food, right? Do we think about what we are consuming with our eyes, our lives, and how we're being a good host to the Holy Spirit? Now, sometimes we, we don't even think, we're, we're not even thinking about his presence, and Sometimes, uh, if you, I wonder if you've ever been to a party and you've turned up to the party and you haven't really known anyone. Uh, often we go through life and we find a friend that we remain connected to and they feel like they want to invite us to their birthdays and uh, <laughs> you don't know anyone else at the party. And if you're an introverted person, you kind of wait for the host to connect you with people. And if they don't, you're kind of standing there and you're not really comfortable in that space. Some, maybe you're more extroverted, you go and introduce yourself to, to people. I wonder if you thought about the Holy Spirit in that way. That the Holy Spirit is in us and if we ignore him, it's almost like having a guest at our party that we're ignoring. Or maybe there's the, the one person that you've invited over and then you just go off and you, know, you clean the house or you do your business and they're just sort of sitting there feeling awkward. Now the Holy Spirit doesn't feel awkward. <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit is continually working, wanting to lead us, draw our attention to things, teach us, grow us, shape us. So how can we be a good host to the Holy Spirit? It starts with that uh, being aware He's with you and He's in you. So maybe you're hearing me talk about the Holy Spirit and going, I've never had an experience of God's Spirit. Does God's Spirit really dwell in me? 
So who can receive the Holy Spirit? Uh, Luke 11 says, If you then, uh, though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We come to faith uh, by grace. We don't do a work. In the same way, to receive the Holy Spirit, it's believing that he is a good Father and wants to give to us the good gift of the Spirit and then receiving his Spirit to work in us. And then our job is just to be aware of the Holy Spirit in us and to partner with him in life, all of life. And so... Let me pray for us now and I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit would either fill us for the first time or fill us afresh. And I would like to invite you to just be open to uh, receiving what the Holy Spirit has for you. Uh, Knowing that the God who loves you and cares for you wants to give a good gift to you in more of his spirit for you. And so, so I, I like to encourage people to, to physically uh, represent what they're spiritually wanting to receive. And so if you just want to, where you're sitting, wherever you're at, just hold your hands open as an open gesture if that's what you're wanting to receive more of from God and bow your heads with me and, and let us pray. Father God, thank you that you love us that you care for us, uh, that you sent your, your son to die for us, that we may be reconnected to you. Uh, thank you that as your son ascended, uh, Holy Spirit came and birthed the church. Thank you that the, the Holy Spirit has never stopped coming, never stopped working, never stopped filling people. And thank you that all we have to do is ask. And so, Lord, we we come uh, before you this morning and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and be among us. Come and be on us. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to, to come and live within us. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh where we're needing a a refresh. Fill us afresh by your power with your love. Well in us uh, that gift of life. Come and set each of us apart. Teach us, Lord, to host you well. Teach us how to host you together. Teach us how to be a people that are hospitable to you. And fill us afresh, Lord, that we may live for you. Lord, we pray that you give us a sensitivity to you and how we can partner with you. And help us always to be aware of you and how you're working and moving. For we pray this in the name of Jesus.